to Northwest. Welcome to third service. I love this Girl Strong Sunday. Don't you like it, ladies at least? The uh, girls leading worship. And I'm one of the, my name is Aslan. I'm one of the preaching pastors on rotation. So if you don't know me, it's nice to meet you. If this is your first week, thank you for coming and checking us out. We are halfway through our commandment, Ten Commandment series. Does anyone know what the fifth commandment is? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> no points for you. It is honor your father and your mother. So that is the commandment we're going to be looking at today. We're taking a week to go through each one, and this is where we're at. So let's read Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor is a particularly tricky subject for our culture to talk about. We struggle with honor in this culture for several reasons, but we definitely demonize honor and we idolize rebellion. It's just what we do. Any person in a position of honor, we figure out how to tear down, and the individual rising up and being like, no, I don't agree. We do not honor honor in this culture anymore. And the other reason this commandment is particularly difficult is because we kind of demonize old age in our culture too, don't we? And we idolize youth. And it's like, yes, being young is the best thing. Being young and beautiful and strong is the best thing in this culture. And when you start to get older, it's kind of like, ah, eh, well, they don't really understand what's up to date. They're not politically correct. And so we kind of shove the old out, and the young is what is glorified in our culture. But it, this commandment is important to us because it is a command from God that he has said, if you do this, if you honor your parents, if you obey me, I will honor you with long life in the land that I'm giving to you. So we want to take a look at that today. And I do recognize that there, for many of us, talking about your parents is a very painful thing because you may not have had good ones or you may not have had parents at all because fathers leave, mothers leave, or emotionally unavailable, and people fail. And so I recognize, and as we go through this together, please know that I'm with you in this, and we are coming from a position of knowing that parents are not perfect, and sometimes parents are terrible and have caused some of the greatest pain you've ever experienced in your life. But stay with me, and we're going to go through this together, and we're going to discover how can we honor our parents even if they weren't good parents. Because we know that even when people fail, and when sin has happened to us, and people sin against us, and other people don't do what they're supposed to do, that does not mean we no longer have to obey God. We are still responsible to obey him. So let's figure out together what this looks like for us, even if your family um, wasn't a very healthy one. So today we're going to look at the who, the why, and the how. And the who and why are going to go pretty quick because the verse says exactly who and it says exactly why. But let's still go over it just to cover. So the who. Who are we supposed to honor? Your father and your mother, like that verse says. Now I've put step parents and I put an asterisk, not because step parents don't exist, but I just want to say that when God created this world and humanity, He created an order for the family, and He had a design. 
for us to be brought up in the most healthy way, a way that reflects his nature. And so his design was for every child and every family to consist of a mother and a father. That's controversial to say because that is not what most of us experience. We experience divorce. We experience never being married in the first place. Understand that I know there's a lot of complexities to family life today. But I do want to point out what God intended, and God intended the safety of a mother and father who are committed to each other to provide for their children. That was his perfect plan. Now, sin gets in there, humanity gets in there, and we mess it up, right? So I've included step-parents, and I could have even put grandparents. Basically, whoever is raising you, whoever you see as your parent, could be who knows who. But we're gonna talk about that today, how to honor those people. Now who I'm not talking about, here we go, I'm gonna say it, all right? I'm not talking about the live-in boyfriend or the live-in girlfriend. That's not, we've had that situation before that's come up. The mother says, she, my daughter is not listening to Steve. She won't listen to him, she's not obeying him, she doesn't honor him, and we said, who's Steve, Steve who are you? The boyfriend, sorry, swerve, keep going. <laughs> she doesn't have to, you know, obey you in that sense. So I'm not talking about boyfriends, girlfriends. We're talking about parents or step-parents who have committed to the family. And I know that blending families together is a delicate thing. And if you are a blended family, we know that God has taken what maybe areas that we have fallen short or bad things have happened to us, he can create something very beautiful. So if you do or if you are a part of a blended family, God can make that a very beautiful and special thing too, okay? So anyways, that's who we're talking about, of who we're supposed to honor. And honor begins internally, right? And then it manifests, it shows itself externally. So it's not just like, okay, I have to change my words about my parents. I have to talk better about them. No, if you have difficulty honoring and speaking well of your parents, your parental figures, whoever those are, then you know that it's a heart issue. It's something internal where we have to say, God, help me create honor in my heart for the people that you have put in charge of helping raise me. And we're going to talk about, too, what it looks like in different seasons because not all of us are still at home with our parents. Okay, so that's the who, why. Well, the verse says it. The verse says why we should. So that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, this is kind of amazing because if we obey God, he promises something good will come from it. And you can be like, well, don't be preaching prosperity gospel like we obey God or you become a Christian so that you'll be blessed with all this stuff. This isn't prosperity gospel. We obey God because we believe that he is real and we believe that he is true and we have looked at scripture and we have looked at all of history and we say, this lines up. This makes sense. This is the truth that does not contradict itself. So we are Christians. We commit to Christianity. We commit our lives to Christ because it is true. We believe it's true. We believe that it's real. It's been revealed as real to us. So that is first and foremost. But it is an amazing thing that God in his loving mercy, has also said, if you do obey me because I'm God and I should be obeyed, that's what we're going through with these commandments, if you do that, I will also bless you. I'm not saying you're going to have a mansion in Windermere if you honor your parents. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply 
pointing out this verse. He promises our lives will be long in the promised land he is giving to us. So ask yourself when it comes to honoring your parents, when it comes to any decision that you're making, this applies to all the commandments, will this honor God? The decision I'm about to make, the way I'm speaking, what I'm about to say, does this honor God? Does this obey the things that God has told me I must do? And if you honor God and obey God in the decisions that you make, an amazing byproduct is that he does bless us. So remind yourself, what honors God is good for me. All right, so let's spend, we're going to spend most of the time on the how. How do we honor? How? The good, the bad, the ugly. So we recognize, like I already said, that not all of you come from healthy homes or healthy parents. And so if you hear this topic come up and when you hear the word father or mother and showing honor, if that just makes you like pull the emergency brake, not happening, not going there, not talking about it, not even open to the idea of what you're going to say, please stay with me. Let's go through it together. Because I'm certainly not saying that what pain happened to you doesn't matter. Oh, you were abused or abandoned? Okay, who cares? I'm not saying that. It does matter. It does matter the pain you've experienced or the abandonment or the abuse. That's real. But I don't want you just to check out because you say, well, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what my dad is like. You don't know what my mom is like. So honoring my parents is out of the question. No, let's go. Let's look through how can we do this even with imperfect families. The first thing, the most obvious thing would be how we honor our parents, even imperfect ones, because all of them are imperfect. Forgive. We have to give forgiveness. And when you do that, that is one way that you are showing honor to the people who are the parents in your life. And this is the biggest way that you guard your heart against bitterness and how you yourself can be set free and not caught in a trap that will lead you down the same path as your parents. Have you ever known someone who like just so can't stand their dad or their mom? It's like everyone knows, like she hates them, she hates them. And then one day that person becomes very much like them. Do you know why that happens? Because when someone sins against you, in this, in this instance we're talking about parents, when someone wrongs you, when someone hurts you, does something wrong, their sin, they have a root of sin, right, that caused them to do that thing or that existed. And now you, having been hurt, that bitterness grows, that resentment grows for that wrong that was done to you. You didn't do anything to cause it, potentially, but they did something against you. And so bitterness and hurt and offense grows and it grows. And now you have a root of sin. Not because you were the one that did anything wrong, but because their sin, their mistakes, their shortcomings cause such pain in you. And that will always turn to bitterness or anger or addiction, or different ways that we react to deal with that pain. And so forgiveness is the key to not falling down that trap and allowing the root of sin to burrow deep in our hearts. 
we keep our eyes focused on where we want to go, right? The scriptures say that. I keep my eyes on the prize of where I'm trying to go. So if your eyes are always looking at the sin of your father, the shortcomings of your mother, the sin, the, the mistakes of your pastors, your mentors, your friends, doesn't matter who, if your eyes and your thoughts and your emotions are always focused on that pain, on that hurt, guess what's determining the course of your life now? That thing, that thing that you keep setting your eyes on. When we say no, we set our eyes on the ultimate prize. We set our eyes on Christ. And forgiveness allows you not to say, okay, it doesn't matter. What they did wasn't hurtful. No, it says, that was wrong, what happened to me. That hurt me. But I am letting it go because I know that justice will come for me one day. Justice will happen, either when they take it to the cross and it's dealt with by the forgiveness of God, or when they're standing before God one day to face judgment. And so through forgiveness, I am letting it go, and I'm letting God be the judge of that sin that happened against me. And it shifts your eyes from focusing on the pain to focusing on where you really want to go, on Christ. The sin against you the pain that you've experienced cannot be the guiding center of your life. Because if pain and offense and hurt and wounds is the guiding center, it will not guide you to a pleasant place. It won't. And God says, I will guide you. I will lead you into a land where you will have long life in pleasant places if you put your eyes on me and are able to forgive. And if you're, not, if you're here and you're not a Christian, I can understand why forgiveness seems wildly inappropriate. Because there's no base, there's been nothing to show a reflection to, of why you should forgive. But when you learn about Christ, when you learn about Jesus and what he did on the cross and how he forgave my sin and my shortcomings, as a Christian, it changes the way I see forgiveness. It makes it possible. So if you're not a Christian, I can understand why that seems like an impossible feat. I have uh, several counseling books for different things, and one of the things I study and read about is abuse and counseling through abuse, because that's a very common in our culture. And so I have Christian book counseling books and also secular uh, counseling books, and I take information from both of them. And it's interesting, in the secular counseling books, they add forgiveness as like the end of this one particular book. It was kind of like thrown at the end as the last thing, and it was like an option. So it's like, okay, here you've done these things to kind of process the abuse that's happened, to get through it. Now, also, someone might suggest that maybe you should forgive, but there's no pressure and, and it's really inappropriate for anyone to even expect you to forgive because what's happened to you is so terrible, which is true. And so it's kind of just thrown in as a cherry on top. So if you believe you should forgive and you want to forgive, you can do that. But if not, no one expects you to. It doesn't need to be part of the process. No one can tell you you should have to forgive. But I'm here to say something very different. I know through the Bible, the power of forgiveness and how very important it is to your life. And so if you don't know what Christianity is about, if you've not experienced forgiveness from Christ, then let's research it together. Let's discuss it. Because I'm telling you, without forgiveness, your life 
will be frozen in places and destined for very unpleasant places. All right, let's keep moving. This one seems funny because we're like, what's the definition of how do, how do we give honor? By giving honor. It seems a little redundant, but it's important to say that because giving honor is something that we must do. And so let me explain how you might do this for a parent that has not been a good parent to you that you might not have anything good to say about. One, you can just not say anything publicly, right, about that parent. If there's not really much to say, you can talk to your pastor, your counselor, your spouse when you're processing things. But maybe part of starting to show honor to someone who may not be honorable is just not to say anything. Just to start uh, controlling what is said about them. In the military, they have a phrase which says, salute the uniform. And it's a very powerful statement. And what it's saying is, the person who might be currently wearing that uniform may not be honorable, but the position that that uniform represents is an honorable position. And so that's a phrase that they have, to always salute the uniform, to always honor that position. And we can see this is true, right? Let's talk about police, okay? This has been a very hot topic in our culture. We know that every policeman that puts on that uniform are all of them men and women of integrity that make good choices. No, no. Some of them make very bad choices, have very bad integrity. And it's so tempting to just be like, screw the whole institution of police. They're all terrible. F the police. You know, like we have such bad attitudes that turn against the whole institution where we should hold honor for the position of police because the uniform and the position demands honor, although not every person who wears that uniform may be honorable. So the phrase that they have, the military uses, is you salute the uniform. You, you honor the position because it's an honorable thing, right, to serve in the army, in any sort of military. And so I say the same to you with, with honoring your parents. And listen, this is really can be a key for you in moving forward in this area. You can choose to honor and salute the position of fatherhood or motherhood because there are honorable people in that role, even if your parents were not honorable. You can look around this room and see Nick is an honorable father. Amorous is an honorable mother. Pastor David, Pastor Peter, Dr. Crystal, they're honorable mothers and fathers. And so I can say that I honor the position, the uniform of fatherhood and motherhood because I see honorable people and it is an honorable position even though I did not experience it that way. Even though my particular parents may not have been honorable. If we dishonor that position, then we dishonor the people who do wear it honorably because there are honorable fathers and mothers. Give example. That's another way we show honor, is by setting an example to your children. Now, some of you in here may not have children yet, but many of you will one day probably have children. 
And one way to show honor is that you are an example to your children in how you honor your parents. I'm going to read you a quick little story from Brothers Grimm fairy tales. Has anyone read those fairy tales, the Brothers Grimm? I, well, okay, a few of you. I downloaded the book because it's free on Kindle, and so sometimes I read them at night to fall asleep. <laughs> They're very dark. <laughs> like the Little Mermaid, she dies. Like Disney has totally changed uh, these original fairy tales to be happier. So I'm going to read you a really quick one, okay, that will be the uh, explanation to give example. Once there was a little old man of trembling hands and feeble eyes whose uncertain table habits became increasingly offensive to the daughter-in-law with whom he lived, until one day she objected strongly to her husband, the old man's son. She and her husband took the fumbling old man to a corner of the kitchen, set him on a stool, and gave him his food in a bowl. Now he was no longer troubling them by his dribbled food. Now the tablecloth was no longer soiled by his trembling behavior." One day, in his trembling, he dropped the bowl and broke it. Now the daughter-in-law ceased even her moderate politeness. If you are a pig, she said, you must eat from a trough. And they made a little wooden trough, and he ate from it. The pride of their lives was their own four-year-old son. And one evening, they noticed the boy playing with blocks of wood. When the father asked what he was doing, the boy said with an engaging smile, I'm making a trough to feed you and Mama out of when I get big. For a while, the man and woman just looked at each other, not saying anything, and then they cried. And then they went to the corner and led the little old man back to his place at the table. They gave him a comfortable chair and put food on his plate, and never again were they really deeply troubled by the food that he spilled or by the dishes he broke. They had learned that in honoring a parent, they possessed their own future. And so just remember, you may not have children yet, but how you honor your parents, is setting an example for your future children of how you will may be treated. The last one in how we do this is to give grace. Some of us, okay, some of us have pain of not having a father, having terrible parents that may have abused you or truly wrongfully treated you. But some of us just might have too strict of expectations our parents might be a little too idealistic and so there's some parents out there that no matter how perfect they might be it still upsets you that you didn't get the perfect parent and to that I say have grace have grace when we when your parents as they are are fallen sinners and you are fallen a fallen sinner and when that comes together to try to be a family there's going to be hurt. There's going to be friction. There's going to be mistakes. And we should have grace. That is the way that we show honor to our parents is by having grace for their shortcomings. If your parents didn't save for college, okay. If your parents did pay for your college, go home and kiss them. Because <laughs> that's not a normal thing. That, that sh that's the goal. If you, if, that's an amazing thing to be able to do for your children. But if they didn't, if they didn't buy you a car at 16, if you didn't get the phone you want, have grace. Have grace. Have grace for the shortcomings or the things that you think you might deserve that you aren't getting. This last section is we're going to talk about honoring through different seasons. Because it does look different as you become different ages. So the first season is children. The primary way that children show honor is obeying. That's their one job when you're a child, is to obey your parents, and that is how you show them honor. In your teens, this is a 
challenging time because this is when you're starting to establish your own independence, your own ideas, your own beliefs, and it's at war with maybe your parents' ideas and traditions or beliefs. And so there can be a lot of friction in this stage. I remember 17 in my mind is burned in my mind as like the hardest year because I felt like I was an adult, I'm starting in that phase, and I had a, that was the year I had the most friction with my parents. So what does it look like as a teen to show honor? You show respect as you gain independence, but you yield when you disagree. And that's tough. That's really tough to say this is what I think I should be able to do or this new found freedom I should have. These are my reasons why. This is why I think I've proven it. But if your parents are like, eh, too bad. Your curfew's still 10, not 11. Or, okay, you can't, I don't know, have a car yet. Showing honor means yielding. Saying, okay, you can say, I disagree. I think it's time for me to take that freedom, but I yield. You also do this in how you talk about your parents when they aren't present and how you talk to your parents when they are present. Think about it. How do you talk to your parents? Sarcastic, screaming, eye-rolling, I hate you. That's not honoring behavior. You can disagree. You can start saying your own ideas, your own whatever, how do you speak to them? Show honor in this season when you're transitioning from child to adult. And then the last season is as an adult, when you're out on your own, you're no longer a teenager. You primarily show honor by caring for your parents. And there may be a phase of life, you know, where they don't need much care other than showing that you love them. Check in with them. You have dinner with them. But you'll eventually reach the age where they need more and more care. And so as an adult, you show honor to your parents by caring for them. Whether that's taking them into your home at one point or finding a place for them and visiting them, taking care of them. This is a tough, our, our culture that is so broken and so fractured, the family unit has a big part to do with that, okay? Because everyone is just like living for the individual. The teen is like, as soon as I get to college, as soon as I move out, I'm out of here. Like, can I move? I cannot move far enough away. And the parents are like, the kids are gone, so we're getting a divorce because there's no point in being married. And when the parents get old, it's like, get off me. It's not my burden. And we wonder why we struggle with loneliness and depression. And our country is struggling under this fractured family unit. When God intended us to take care of each other, the parents to take care of the children, and then the children to care and show honor to the parents as they grow. I remember my grandmother, when my grandfather died, my grandmother built on an extension to my parents' house. They said, okay, come live with us. We don't want you living on your own now. So she built onto our house, and so from, I don't know, maybe 12, I don't remember how old I was when my grandfather died, 10, 12, from that point on, my grandmother lived with us in a house attached. And it was such a wonderful, beautiful experience to be over, able to go over there and we would talk. And she taught Jared and I how to play music. And we would make music late into the night on the piano and sing. It was just like a part of my life that has shaped me into who I am. And we're missing that nowadays. We're missing the span of generations because families don't show honor to each other not willing to put in the time to work through the friction that naturally happens in a family. And that story, that example might make you sad because you might be like, I wish that I had a grandparent I could sit and talk to, but my father took off, so I don't even know who they are. 
I know that is a painful reality, but you have the choice today to say, I will be the change for my family line. And that's tough because it's like, I don't want to be the change. I want to just come into the warm, cushy, healthy family. Like, I don't want it to have to be on me, but it is on you. If it's on you, then it's on you. And you have the choice to say, okay, today, my commitment to Christ, my commitment to continuing to get more healing for my pain, I'm committed to that because one day I want to be the grandparent that my grandchildren are telling stories about, how they could come and talk and pray together, make music together, whatever it is. You, we have that opportunity to be that person if you don't have that in your family. Let's look at this closing scripture. When Jesus saw his mother standing there, okay, this is when Jesus is on the cross, okay? So he's on the cross, he's dying. When he saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. The Lord, dying on the cross, cared and was concerned for the well-being of his earthly mother. What a beautiful scripture of Jesus showing honor in one of his last acts. One of the last words, some of the last words he spoke was to show honor and care for his mother.